Hello and welcome to this overview of the Off-Roads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management, Part 2, Traffic Management Planning. My name is Liz and I work in the communications team at Off-Roads. My details are shown on this slide. The Guide to Temporary Traffic Management has 10 parts, which are available to download for free from the Off-Roads website. To have access, you'll need to log into your Off-Roads online account. If you currently don't have an Off-Roads account, you can sign up for free on the login page of our website. Part two has been specifically prepared to assist with the preparation of traffic management plans, TMPs, in accordance with Offroad's best practice. It provides general information about the context, components and format of a TMP. You can access the part through this direct link. We also encourage you to have the guide open so you could refer to the relevant section numbers during this presentation. I will now introduce our presenter, who is Kat McCauley. Kat has worked in policy and legislation with the Queensland Government for 12 years, including extensive experience across local government, infrastructure and planning. Most recently, Kat has worked at engineering and advisory services firm Oricon, providing infrastructure advisory services across the engineering sector. On the Australia's project, CAT coordinated stakeholders nationwide to compile nationally harmonised guidance for the creation of traffic management plans. Welcome, CAT. Thanks, Liz, and um, hello to everybody else. Welcome to my presentation on part two, traffic management planning of the Guide to Temporary Traffic Management Practice. The preparation of part two has been a big part of my professional life for the last couple of years now, um, and it represents a major update to industry for the temporary traffic management industry. I'm really pleased to be able to introduce this first edition of the Austroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management. In this webinar, we will run through the topics that you can see on the screen. This includes the objectives and principles of traffic management planning and the most central point of traffic management planning, which is mitigation of risk. I will then explain how the hierarchy of control must be used in traffic management planning and touch on how policy and legislation across Australia interacts with traffic management planning. I'll then move on to explaining the key elements for the preparation of a traffic management plan, what to do in the instance of needing to change or vary a traffic management plan, and who must be notified of the traffic management plan. Finally, I will outline how the operation of the TMP is monitored. Please note that throughout this webinar, I will use the term traffic management plan and TMP interchangeably. A TMP outlines how traffic management works are integrated into the operation of the road network. A good TMP provides for the safety of both workers and road users while maintaining the service provided by the road network. Preparing a TMP is essential prior to works on roads that will have an impact on traffic and the TMP must remain available on the work site at all times. It is important to note that a TMP involves the duty of care on behalf of the party responsible for the implementation of the TMP towards all road users who require protection from traffic. For the purposes of a TMP, works include roadworks, maintenance, bridge works, construction, emergency works, works on public utilities and services, breakdown and towing services, speed enforcement, crash site investigation and any other works which may cause interference or obstruction to the normal use of a road. A TMP outlines how temporary traffic management works are integrated into the operation of the road network. A good TMP provides for the safety of both workers and road users while maintaining the service provided by the road network. 
Preparing a TMP is essential prior to works on roads that will have an impact on traffic and the TMP must remain available on the work site at all times. It is important to note that a TMP involves a duty of care on behalf of the party responsible for the implementation of a TMP towards all road users who require protection from traffic. For the purposes of a TMP, works include roadworks, maintenance, bridgeworks, construction, emergency works, works on public utilities and services, breakdown and towing services, speed enforcement, crash site investigations, and any other works which may cause interference or obstruction to the normal use of a road. We've just got an issue on this end with some missing text. I just need to bring up another document for the objectives slide. Okay, I'll just redo the slide with the heading objectives and move on from there. There are four primary objectives of a TMP. Firstly, provide the road asset owner with the confidence that all relevant issues have been identified and considered and an approach to each has been developed. Secondly, provide the principal contractor with the means to do the job. Thirdly, address the travel needs of the public. And fourth, integrate the works with the local community. A TMP will therefore outline how works are to be integrated into the operation of the road network, identify and consider all foreseeable risks, stipulate mitigation, mitigation measures, and assess impact on road users, adjacent property and business owners, and other impacted stakeholders. Ultimately, a TMP touches on all road users. For this reason, it is important to consider how all road users will interpret and understand the traffic management measures that are required by the TMP. Risk is central to traffic management planning. The level of planning required is dependent on the level of risk associated with the works. A risk assessment must be conducted at the outset of preparing a TMP and the TMP itself will address the risks identified during the assessment. A risk assessment determines the presence of risk, where the risk comes from, the potential impact of the risk, and how a risk can be treated or mitigated. You'll need to consider what risks could be present during setup, operation, changing of, and dismantling of traffic guidance schemes, which is the functional component of the TMP. Please note that I will use the terms Traffic Guidance Scheme and TGS interchangeably during this presentation. Once risks have been identified, it is important to think about the likelihood and consequence of the risks. These considerations will inform the content of the TMP, including the TGSs. Traffic will be managed according to the hierarchy of control. This is around, through, past. Around is the safest and preferred method. 
around re requires traffic to be guided around a work area entirely. Through is a method that is allowed where the flow of traffic and the works can be appropriately controlled. Helpful methods for through may include portable traffic control devices, manual traffic control or pirate ve vehicles, depending on the situation. Past should only be used where complete elimination of traffic from the site is not possible, as this method is very complex and much higher risk. More information can be found in part four of this guide. Short-term and low-impact situations are of low risk and, exp and explained further in part six of this guide. Most states and territories have a range of policy and legislation that provides regulatory context for TMPs. It is important that the author of the TMP is aware of what jurisdiction the TMP will be applied in, as that state or territory's legislation and regulation will carry legal weight. The guide provides two indicative checklists for use when you're preparing a TMP. These are a list of components and a list of common risks. I must emphasise that these lists are not exhaustive or intended to be a minimum standard. These lists can be useful, but are not a substitute for considering the real site considerations that you're working with. Generally, the TMP should be scaled to the size of the site and the magnitude of the risks associated with it. There are four guiding principles to be considered in the preparation and review of TMPs. These are safety, accessibility, amenity, and asset. I will now address each of these briefly. First, safety is the highest priority. TMPs control the risks for both workers and the general public associated with work on or adjacent to the road. These plans need to be mindful that any feature placed within the road environment has the potential to be a risk for road users. This is particularly so for vulnerable road users such as cyclists, pedestrians and the mobility impaired. Legibility of the site is important and road users must be able to understand the traffic management measures in place. Particular, particular attention to detail when locating signs, barriers and other traffic control devices is essential. The second principle is accessibility. TMPs ensure that access to the road and any essential goods and services is maintained for all road users. It is also important to consider how to accommodate public transport users and the mobility and visually impaired and other vulnerable road users, including by suitable provision of parking when necessary. The third principle is amenity. TMPs minimise delays to traffic, including pedestrians, cyclists and other vulnerable road users. Maximise network efficiency and, where practical, maintain the most direct and convenient route between destinations. The first preference is to redirect traffic around the works. For the best amenity outcomes, any detour should be as short as possible and as close to the level of difficulty of the original route as possible. Also consider adjoining or nearby developments when selecting detours, as well as the impact of increased traffic on existing paths. Where it is not practical to send traffic around the works, send traffic through the works as the next preference. Where possible, traffic lanes, footpaths, cycle paths, cycle lanes and shared paths should remain open for use. Footpath and cycle routes will be maintained on the same side of the street and additional road crossings will be minimised. The fourth principle is asset. Put simply, TMPs minimise damage and the risk of damage to the road asset, including its natural features such as landscaping and trees.
Once again, it is important to note that first and foremost, a TMP is a risk management plan. It must contain accurate site-specific documentation of the risk assessment that has been undertaken for the project and the procedures and practices that will be used to manage the risk exposure. The TMP also contains traffic guidance schemes or TGSs, which specifically outline the placement of signs and devices to warn traffic and guide it around, through or past a worksite or temporary hazard. The TGSs can be written or diagrammatical or a combination of both. TGSs are explained extensively in parts three, four and five of this guide. The following slides will take you through the three phases of preparation of a traffic management plan, as denoted by the red boxes you will see on screen. These phases are introductory activities, risk assessment and plan and design. The first phase of preparing a TMP is introductory activities. There are three introductory activities to be covered when preparing a TMP. The first introductory activity is to identify project parameters. Inspect the site at least once before preparing the TMP. Carry out inspections during hours of the day similar to the time the proposed works will be carried out. It is important to understand site and time specific conditions before preparing a TMP. These conditions could include, for example, pavement condition, road layout, road geometry, site distance, vulnerable road user facilities, existing signs, lighting, abutting accesses and adjoining road networks. The second introductory activity is to break down the project into stages. Identify each stage of the project. Note that traffic management stages may not necessarily align with construction stages or stages of the work for which traffic management is required. After the TMP is finalised, TGSs will be prepared for each stage. The third introductory activity is to conduct a traffic assessment. The aim of the traffic assessment is to make sure the eventual works are conducted with minimum disruption and inconvenience. Display the following components of the traffic assessment as drawings with commentary if required for clarity. Current traffic volumes, peak times and flows, vehicle types, crash history, posted and operating speed limits and any delays, existing road features, geometry and capacity, and methods to guide road users through, around or past the site. Display methods of traffic control, including any use of traffic controllers in a tabular format, including commentary if required for clarity. Seek details of acceptable flow volumes and lane dimension and configuration requirements from the relevant road authority. Traffic volumes may be available from road asset owners, but can also be estimated by manually counting vehicles in each direction for just a few minutes, adding the, vehicles, the vehicle counts together and determining the vehicles per hour or VPH based on the count. Also consider speed zones, mid-block lane capacity, intersection capacities and hours of work. Note that table 3.1 of this part of the guide provides guidance about the desirable number of, of lanes for each direction. The second phase of preparation of a TMP is the risk assessment. Once again, remember that assessment, management and mitigation of risk is at the core of a TMP. After the risk assessment is conducted, the outcomes are used to develop the strategies for managing and mitigating the risks in the TMP. The first step of the risk assessment is to identify risks in each stage of the works. Take notice of the principles and guidance in the Australian, New Zealand and International Standard 31000 and note that the Austroads guide makes this generalised guidance more specific. 
This part provides a table of common issues and associated risks and a useful checklist. The lists and tables are examples only and are not exhaustive. The range of risks you must consider when preparing a TMP varies widely from site to site. It is important to gather information and data that is specific to the site that you're planning for to increase the robustness of the risk assessment. Talking to stakeholders is very important for this process. Stakeholders might include the contractor, local community, road users and the road asset owner. The second step of the risk assessment is to analyse the risks, including determination of likelihood and consequence. Key steps are identify the possible risk, consider the likelihood of each risk occurring, consider the consequences if the risk were to happen, and create a plan to address each risk consisting of measurable actions. It's useful to consult with stakeholders to discover known risks and also to flush out any unknown risks and draw on history and experience to evaluate the risk. Part 10 of this guide contains more detailed guidance about risk assessment. The third step of the risk assessment is to identify treatment options. This part provides an appendix containing examples of how to document options for the treatment of risks. Ensure the hierarchy of control is considered. Also consider important traffic management principles, including maximum length of single lane, desirable number of lanes in each direction, lane widths and proximity of residential areas. You can include consideration of new and innovative treatments where appropriate. Innovations that are particularly encouraged are those that improve the safety of workers and the public, improve the cost effectiveness of the works or allow the works to be completed more efficiently. The fourth step is to evaluate each treatment option. The safety of workers and road users must be prioritised while at the same time minimising the delay to traffic and costs associated with treatments. When evaluating treatment options, consider the hierarchy of control, severity of the risks. When evaluating treatment options, consider the hierarchy of control, severity of the risks mitigated by the option, knowledge of that risk, perceived benefit of the option, the nature of the works, the practicality of the option proposed and the cost of removing or mitigating that risk. The guide also provides a number of other evaluation considerations, including minimising the time the road and the path are occupied, considering the right time of day to do the works and coordination of works with other works that may be occurring nearby. Ultimately, the option selected must be the highest practical level of protection and safety while minimising the impact on road users. The third phase of preparing a TMP is plan and design. The first step of the plan and design phase is to plan and design the selected treatments. The selected risk treatment will be implemented through the creation and installation of one or more traffic guidance schemes or TGSs. A TGS is an arrangement of temporary signs and devices to warn traffic and guide it around, through or past a worksite or temporary hazard. TGSs mitigate, and treat the risks identified in the TMP and a TGS can be site-specific or generic. TGSs may include text descriptions, diagrams or drawings. Details about what TGS information must be contained in the TMP is, in provi is provided in section 4 of this part. The second and final step of the plan and design phase is to document the TMP. This part of the guide contains a case study for the documentation of risk management in a TMP. 
The use of tables and diagrams to clearly communicate options identification, analysis and selection is encouraged to ensure that the information is presented clearly and succinctly. In addition to the three phases we've just discussed, there are ongoing activities associated with the TMP at all phases of preparation. These ongoing activities are communication and consultation and monitoring and review. Communication and consultation should be undertaken with the asset owner and any key stakeholders, for example, nearby residents, businesses, schools and public transport providers. Undertaking comprehensive consultation at the outset and throughout the preparation of the TMP will assist with raising the authority and legitimacy of the TMP once it's implemented. Monitoring and review should be undertaken after the TMP has been implemented to ensure it's operating as expected. Document site inspection times and expectations in the TMP itself. In addition to the risk management processes detailed in the previous slides, there is other information that needs to be included in a TMP. This includes objectives of the plan, statement of duty of care, the site inspection expectation, a site induction and training plan, project location details, site constraints and impacts, project administration requirements, including for pre-start meetings, communication procedures and registers, work health and safety and occupational health and safety arrangements, incident procedures and consultation requirements. Other matters to consider when preparing the TMP include staging of work, night works and TGSs. If works are to be conducted in stages, outline each traffic management stage of the project. Traffic management stages are distinct from construction stages or stages associated with the project for which traffic management is being undertaken. The information in this section needs to be sufficient for the reader to clearly understand the nature of the work activities and the associated likely risk exposure. The indicative staging provided in the TMP is the basis on which the TGSs are developed. Also make provision for night work, tra night work traffic controls. I'll start that sentence again. Also make provision for night work traffic controls where works are required during hours of darkness. Roadwork sites may be in operation or shut down during the hours of darkness, but traffic will still need to be managed at this time. Ensure all relevant TGSs are attached to the TMP. Again, extensive guidance on TGSs is contained in parts three, four and five of this guide. Emergency services need to be able to access the worksite at all times, both to travel through it to another location or to attend to an emergency on site. Include details that allow for this in the TMP. Any detours are to be detailed in the TGS and forwarded to each emergency service provider prior to the implementation of the scheme. Identify and record any dangerous features of the site or the broader location of the site. It is essential to include the contact details of the local police and emergency services in the TMP. Detail all procedures to be undertaken in the event of an incident occurring, including facilitation of passage past the incident, first aid response, emergency services contacts and clearing the site. Particular attention should be given to managing the site should a serious injury or fatality occur. In these circumstances, securing the site until emergency services and police arrive is essential. The guide provides a table of indicative best practice responses to emergent events. This list is not exhaustive.
The TMP may need to deviate from the recommendations contained in this guide, where levels of service or safety cannot be met within the parameters discussed by this guide. Consider the following options when contemplating exceptions. What is the safety performance of the standard arrangement? What is the expected safety performance of the alternative arrangement? What should the safety performance of the temporary traffic arrangement be? And is the difference acceptable? Innovation is encouraged in the design of TMPs and consideration of new treatments where appropriate and without compromising safety is important. Ensure any innovations used are documented and particularly consider innovative approaches where safety, cost and efficiency can be improved. There may be situations where the TMP is not able to be complied with. In this situation, make sure that variations to the original TMP are approved and recorded in a variation register. Each jurisdiction will have specific requirements for notification of works. These must be complied with. When preparing the TMP, you must also consider who will be impacted by the roadworks and how those parties should be notified. Notice will generally take the form of advanced roadwork notification signs located on site, state and local newspaper notices, online advertising, social media posts, radio and television announcements, and written notification to specific commercial or residential premises. The most common categories of stakeholders to think about notifying are the community, emergency services, and other impacted state or local government agencies. Emergency services must be notified and details of any detours need to be provided to emergency services prior to undertaking works. Monitoring requirements will vary from site to site and are to be tailored to each individual job. Document all monitoring requirements, including road infrastructure manager requirements, contract conditions, and the form of monitoring to be used. The form of monitoring may be varied and include techniques ranging from regular video recording of the site drive-throughs and closed circuit television to hard copy site registers. All temporary signs, devices and controls need to be maintained at all times. Outline requirements for inspection immediately following setup of the site. If traffic speeds on the approaches to the work site are assessed as being above the speed zone for the work site, a suitably qualified person person is to initiate action to modify the approach signage and tapers in accordance with the requirements of this guide. All such actions are to be recorded in the inspection register. A TMP should also include a process for regular inspections and explanations of how enforcement could occur for that specific site, taking site specific factors into account. Additionally, create and maintain a complaint register in the TMP. It is important for the credibility of the TMP that the public has an avenue for input into its implementation. Prepare a register to record all complaints received and actions taken to address each complaint. Outline how the register will be regularly monitored by management and action taken where appropriate. If a TMP will be used more than once or for multiple locations, it is important to think about where modifications might be required to suit new conditions. Ensure the TMP is accurate and up-to-date for matters like traffic volume, vehicle type, road environment, work practices, standards, and legislation applicable to the state the works will be undertaken in. It is best to review the TMP at least once in, every, in any 12-month period. A copy of all documentation relating to the endorsement of the changes must be held on-site by the person managing the works. Formal auditing of TMPs takes two forms. 
suitability reviews, which are conducted pre-implementation, and compliance audits, which are conducted during works. Audits are covered extensively in part 10 of the guide, so please refer to that part for further information. The TMP will be reviewed by the appropriate party or parties, depending on the jurisdiction the TMP will be applied in. When submitting the TMP for review, make sure you consider which jurisdictional authorities should review the TMP and be satisfied with its usefulness. These could include road authorities, asset owners, local governments, emergency services, public transport providers, local businesses, and local schools. The TMP should be reviewed by an accredited person who is not also the person who prepared the TMP. Thank you for listening to this webinar today. I hope this overview of part two of the Australian Guide to Temporary Traffic Management has been useful. Austroads encourages and welcomes your feedback on the content of this guide to allow for it to be continually improved and to meet industry needs. Thank you.